<laughs> oh my god. Drinking some hot chocolate, uh, stirring it with a mini spoon. It's because our pinkies are supposed to be out. A yeah. dainty spoon. <laughs> it's the littlest spoon I've ever held in my hand. Makes me feel like a giant. <laughs> I was thinking it makes me feel like class. Oh. Yes. Well, we're proper that. over here at my house. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> proper and mini. Where'd you get this little bad boy? From Ikea. Except that wasn't, I mean, they had other options. Just none that really were fitting my style. smaller than us? <gasps> Maybe they are. That's why they're such sought-after models. They might not be. I don't know. So you bought some kitchen stuff at Ikea. Yeah. For your new house. Mm -hmm. Did you buy the dishwasher brush? I already had one. Erin! <laughs> I don't know what dishwasher brush. Okay. What dishwasher brush? Attention <laughs> everyone asks, what dishwasher brush? Every time I go to Ikea, I buy at least three... <laughs> Because what? Just wait. Hey, well, this is one. Okay, many things are happening. One, dishwasher brushes, along with sponges, can be can become gross very quickly. Okay, yeah. that's a lot of bacteria. Mm -hmm. These are the best dishwasher mm. brushes ever. One point one. They have a suction cup on the bottom. Boop, easy access. <laughs> Number two, great bristles. Not too soft. Not too hard. Number three, flip the brush around and it has a scraper on it. Mm. I don't give a shit if anyone else thinks that there's other brushes that are just like that. No. <laughs> they come in really beautiful colors, very like a matte black, matte gray, matte pink, matte teal. Match any decor. De decor. 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 Anyways, do not sleep on the brush. <laughs> like, literally, it's like one of the first things you see when you walk into the one in STL. Whoop! They're very cheap, too. Despite what you think, this is not a paid advertisement for no. IKEA brushes. They're welcome to sponsor us if they want to. But... Maybe someday. But we do have a paid advertisement. We do. Yeah. For Zero Sweat. Yeah. yeah. But you won't do if you have these brushes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't want sweaty pits? to zero sweat they also have uh it's not like a lotion but it's uh not just a roll-on i know they have multiple like a balm like a ball that might be, yeah balm. that might be a good word for it yeah <laughs> <laughs> but they have either of those i use the roll-on you put it on your pits at night wake up Feel all right? You feel all right? Hey. No, no sweat in sight. Oh! Anyways. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> Head on over to zerosweat.com and type in sinister at checkout, and you will get 20% off of a $15 purchase or more. That's yeah. the taxes, baby. Put it in. Code sinister. <laughs> <laughs> and now the business is out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, now that we've said sinister seven times, hi, welcome to Sinister Sunrise. I'm Morgan. I'm Sarah. I'm Aaron. Ah, we did it! And it's our Christmas episode. Holiday season. We're so happy. We're so festive. Yeah. Sarah's got the colors. Yes. Holly Dolly Christmas shirt. Uh, That's awesome. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know what to wear. And I was like, well, it passes for a normal t shirt. You might not know if you didn't see it. Mm, I saw it. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Uh, I have a hat on. That's not Christmassy. It's just a knit hat. Mm -hmm. Erin <laughs> has a Sailor Moon shirt. But a Christmas shirt. one. But it's. It's sure. It's cute. It I have has to be. fell on you as a I have, sexy house. I also only have two ornaments on my tree. I need to get on that. But she does have a bow, so mm -hmm. that's all that matters. Hey, I moved. Yeah, that's she's, fair. she's a lot going yeah. on, guys. We're still I get a in, pass. We're not in school. We don't get like a real break. Break, okay? We're adults. How nice would that be? Ugh. Right. To all the industries of the world, if we want to band together and make school breaks real. You can't see my Toro hand. <laughs> yeah, we can I can't though. You told me about the Toro sign, but take my Toro hand. But we all are in the holiday spirit because yep. we're drinking hot cocoa, and there may or may not be berries in it. Woo. So be prepared for some loose lips. Mm -hmm. Yes, and but some twangs. 
Yes. And uh, obviously, it's our episode that's coming out on actual Christmas. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas that's how it on works Friday. Out. We timed that just for you listeners. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but uh, it's not a group episode, but it's just festive. Yeah. There may or not be may but there may or may not be a theme of the holiday season. It's the holidays. Mm-hmm. But to figure out our order. I brought a game. Hey. Oh, tease you. <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> Close your eyes. Oh, okay. Open! Yeah! Oh my I almost God. This. It's a holiday ring toss. So Where'd you, you find wear- that at? Well, I, I think I bought it for my dad last year. So I was like, hey, do you still have that? Like, yeah, we just played it yesterday. <laughs> oh, and we played it though. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> it's in, it's inflatable <laughs> antler ears that you put on your head. And then there's inflatable rings that you have to toss onto the antlers. There we go. So whoever gets the most rings goes first and Fair. down the chain. Yeah, so okay. cool. um, hold music or something while we blow these bad boys up. Thank you. Yes. back Ooh, from outer space yeah we'll have uh picks and bids up of that when the when the episode comes out so don't you worry you'll get to see all the fun love and action but uh with that i think i have to go first i got zero points mm. is that how it works whoever got the most points oh well whoever got the most points can decide aaron do you want to go first Sure. Okay. Mine's, regardless of the Mine's, middle, it matters. Yeah. yeah. I don't care. pretty somber. Oh, well, so, you think. Yeah. Who would have. Who would have Okay. <laughs> Sip of Bailey's for this one. Cup of cheer, would you say? Mm-hmm. Should we make this a drinking game? More like cup of beer for this one. Every mm-hmm. bad pun we're drinking. Yes. So for today... I will be covering the Covina Massacre. Covina. Mm-hmm. Sounds like COVID. A little bit. It's got it's got the beginning. Mm. Hmm. I don't the like end. the word massacre. Right? <laughs> yeah. Not I think that's the one you the should. Word you picked up on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Weird. What's wrong with us? <laughs> oh man. Ooh. Tell us about the party, Aaron. Sounds like a hoot and a half. Mm. Sounds jolly, actually. Yeah. Holly jolly. Have a. I'm not saying that. Nope. nope. Take a drink. So on uh, Christmas Eve 2004, 80-year-old Joseph Ortega and 70-year-old uh, Lisa Ortega held their annual holiday party at their Covina, California home, located about 22 miles east of Los Angeles. Uh, Teresa... Gynas, I'm sorry if I butchered that last name, the Ortega's neighbor who was interviewed for Oxygen's uh, show Homicide for the Holidays, mentioned that the family had been a part of the Covina community for years and described them as the neighborhood's anchor. The Ortegas seemed to be a very friendly, loving, close-knit family. Sorry, can we just say Gina? Like- <laughs> <laughs> I've been oh, it- holding it in the whole time! <laughs> <laughs> Now I can listen. Yeah, the no, anchor I'm, of the community. Because yes. otherwise it was going to be like a scream or it was just going to be like, here any second. So I'm like, well, couldn't look at you in the eyes. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Could be, could not be. Gina, so Gina, I don't know. Okay. Sorry. One of those, Sorry, sure. person. Sorry. <laughs> the Ortegas seemed to be a very friendly, loving, close-knit family. Christmas was their favorite holiday, and they always invited their two sons, James and Charles, their three daughters, uh, Leticia, Elisa, and Sylvia, um, their grandkids, you know, their husbands, their wives, other extended family members, and friends to partake in the festivities. At 11.30 p.m., while the 25 or so um, Ortegas were still celebrating, the doorbell rang. Eight-year-old Katrina Yusupolsky answered the door and saw a man dressed as Santa holding a large wrapped gift. This didn't... fun. You would think. Did they hire him? Well, okay, so this actually didn't alarm the family because um, in years past, one of their neighbors would dress as Santa Claus and stop by the house like right before midnight, pretty late Christmas Eve, to hand out presents to each child and take some pictures. Damn, that's a good-ass neighbor. 
Yeah. Well, so sometimes I had an uncle that would do that. I think it's not that weird it, in those days when you have kids around, like to have someone pop up as a Santa. Regardless. Yeah. If you're going to learn anything about Morgan during the holiday season, it's, it's that Santa <laughs> creeps her the F out. So I'm, I don't do Santa. Why do you think I'm well, so she obsessed also... with the Grinch? <laughs> Let's see, how do you like the Grinch though? Isn't he like a thing inside of a thing? I would say that's it's close the one, to a mascot. It is the one exception. All right. I don't. Maybe it's because it was a cartoon first, and I. It, oh, maybe that made that's right. But I mean, granted, Wes is supposed to dress up as Santa this year um, for my niece and nephew, so I'm a little bit nervous for that. However, wedding is off. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, surprise! He was dressed as Santa in one of his Tinder pictures, and I almost said no because. <laughs> <laughs> he knows that. So be careful, oh, Wes. Yeah. yeah. So. We're gonna see how that goes down. Um, it's more like it's the malls Santas that really get to me. Um, but regardless, oh. it's it's creepy. It's just a weird thing. I'm not. I don't know. Anyway, mm-hmm. sorry. So Santa shows up with presents yes. or with a big present. Yes, with a big present. Um, so this was like a tradition for their family. So no one is bothered by it. No one thinks this is strange well in a family of 25 you don't know who's coming and going i feel like so if someone pops up you might yeah think, oh, okay yeah and or on... like it could be like it's my dick in a box like you don't even know what's gonna happen <laughs> i'm sorry oh, step one <laughs> cut your own cut the hole in the box merry christmas <laughs> take a drink <laughs> sorry i had to i'm so sorry oh my goodness that's a different kind of mask <laughs> <laughs> Bailey's is hitting hard tonight, folks. Mm-hmm. And um, so every year they did play like an intense like poker game. So they were like, fo- like the adults were focused on that, you know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they weren't too worried about who was at the door. So while they continued their game, the man took out a semi-automatic handgun, <laughs> shot the young girl in the face, and then proceeded to walk into the house and open fire. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. In so, a, like, different than what we said. E- yes. So like, yes. Eek. Very eek. Cup of beer mm-hmm. is here. Yeah. <gasps> okay. In a panic, the Ortega family tried to flee from the shooter by any means possible. According to the uh, Los Angeles Times, one neighbor saw a woman jump from a second-story window, breaking her ankle from the fall. Sal Castillo, one of the Ortega's grandsons, escaped by punching a window until it shattered and um, was able to run to the nearest neighbor's home um, unharmed. Oh, just oh terrifying. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. 911 calls to the Covina Police Department started pouring in, which was pretty rare for the area during the holidays. It was pretty quiet. Initially, dispatchers received reports of an explosion and a fire. However, as they received more calls throughout the night um, from neighbors and those who had attended the party, they learned that they were dealing with something a whole lot more sinister. Uh, Joshua Chavez, who had traveled from Seattle to visit his mother, told the New York Times that he had heard a loud explosion and then saw black smoke and a large flame coming from the Ortega home. Chavez went to the backyard and heard um, three girls, one who had been shot in the back, climbing over the fence into his yard. Oh. One of, yeah, one of them told him that a man dressed as Santa came into the house and started shooting. First responders arrived at the scene, which Lieutenant Tim, New- uh, Tim Dunan described as apocalyptic. The oh. entire two-story house was engulfed in flames. The Ortega family was not all accounted for, and the perpetrator was still on the loose. SWAT was also dispatched. Uh, 78-year-old Tom Minter told the LA Times that SWAT hurried a man and two women who had been at the party into his home. Both women were crying, and Minter remembered the man saying into his phone, quote, they're all dead, he shot them all, end quote. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Police were able to track down um, Letitia, who had escaped the fire with her husband and daughter, Katrina, who had luckily survived her gunshot wound. <gasps> To the face? Mm-hmm. According to Assistant Chief Ed Winter of the um, Los Angeles County Coroner Investigations, the bullet entered just to, like, the side of her mouth, which caused um, some cosmetic damage to her cheek by the jaw, um, wow. which, yeah, they oh. still pretty shocking to have survived from that. That's crazy. I mean, thank mm-hmm. God. Yes. Yo. Yeah. They safely made it to a neighbor's house and to a nearby hospital to treat Katrina's wounds. According to Los Angeles County Fire Captain Mike Brown, it took about 80 firefighters an hour and a half to extinguish the flames. 
by the time the fire was put out early Christmas morning, the second floor of the house had collapsed and what remained of it was deemed unsafe to enter, at least like right at that time. This did hinder the investigation a bit since nine members of the Ortega family were nowhere to be found. A special operations response team composed of investigators, criminalists, uh, photographers, pathologists, and forensic attendants were required to wait until um, the ruins of the house cooled off before they could conduct a thorough search of the property. And I'm honestly not sure how long they had to wait, but uh, their worst fears were realized when the charred remains of Joseph and Elisa Ortega, their two sons, James and Charles, along with their wives, um, Cherry and Teresa, their daughters, Sylvia and Elisa, and one of their grandkids, Michael, were discovered um, in the house. Oh my god. And yeah. I, I'm so sorry, Erin. You may have already said how many people were there. Um, there was uh, numbers range a bit. I think around 25. Okay. Yes, wow. around 25 at the time. I think there were probably more that were there, like coming and going, coming and going. Yeah, I think like some neighbors, you know, friends came over. Plus, like, like you said, they're also invested in this poker game. Mm-hmm. They've all obviously the adults are probably like drunk as skunks. Yeah, like, and all of them. Who knows what? T- I don't. If I'm super gone, I'm not. Oh, Aaron left probably like two hours ago. She could have left ten minutes ago. Like, yeah. who mm-hmm. knows? Oh my god. When you're having a good time, like it's yeah. Not- and you're surrounded by family. You're at peace. Like mm-hmm. you're totally relaxed. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. It's insane. The fire had been so intense that according to um, an article for the LA Times, only dental records could positively identify them. Investigators also discovered two handguns um, in the home and officers received a potential tip from Teresa, who informed them that she and her husband had spotted a suspicious blue Dodge Caliber with its headlights off, speeding out of the cul-de-sac around 11.45 p.m. Wow. Mm-hmm. While Covina police put an APB out on the car in search for any evidence that could potentially lead them to the murderer, Los Angeles police in Silmar, California, about 50 miles away from Covina, received a call from 44-year-old Brad Pardo. Brad had returned home from a Christmas party around um, 3.30 in the morning to discover his door unlocked. He walked in and found his brother, 45-year-old Bruce Pardo, lying dead in a pool of blood on his <gasps> living room couch. Oh my god. hmm Wow, so this just keeps going. Yes. Yeah. Okay. According to Oxygen, Bruce had died from a gunshot wound to the head, but officers couldn't determine if the wound was self-inflicted. A 9mm pistol was in Bruce's lap. A second pistol was lying on the floor near his body. A bullet hole was discovered in the ceiling, and there was also damage to one of the walls, so they wondered if there had possibly been a second shooter present. Hmm. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. People who knew Bruce described him as a quiet, easygoing, reliable guy who was always happy to see people and spent his time gardening and volunteering as an usher at the Holy Redeemer Catholic Church. Of course he did. Of course he did. <laughs> he was also very bright. He received his bachelor's um, in computer science, and at one point he um, worked for NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's a big get. All right. Get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. Suddenly feeling like my HR job could be <laughs> a little more impressive. <laughs> a Brad believed his brother had been murdered, but he had no idea who would have wanted him dead. When investigators looked into Bruce's past, they discovered that he and his ex-wife, Sylvia Ortiz, had finalized their divorce a few days earlier on um, December 18th. They had um, gotten married back in 2005, and Sylvia, along with her three children from a previous marriage, moved into Bruce's Maltose home. Things for the couple and the family seemed to be going well until Bruce suffered from a serious knee injury. He stopped going out, showering, even changing into clean clothes, and just doing the activities he used to enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Sylvia ended up taking her kids and moved out of Bruce's place in March 2008, According to an Oxygen article by Ali Vander Hayden, Bruce had been ordered to pay $1,785 a month in spousal support. Holy shit. Which is quite a lot of money. <laughs> I don't know how that all works anyways. but I don't either, but like, I mean, that's that's like my mortgage. <laughs> like, that, yeah, yeah, that's a chunk of change. Take it back. I'm happy I work for an HR department. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ain't thank, no one going to get my Thank you for mm-hmm. my job. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. 
this was waived when the divorce was finalized because um, Bruce had been fired from his job at um, ITT Electronic Systems after his employers discovered he had been billing clients for hours that he hadn't actually worked. Oh, no. Mm. Probably to pay for this alimony. Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> yeah, poor Bruce. <laughs> the initial theory was that Bruce's death was tied to, you know, his divorce. But what they discovered was even more shocking. Sylvia's maiden name was Ortega, and she had been one of the victims in the Covina massacre. Whoa. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is twists and turns. Okay. <laughs> the LA Police Department reached out to Covina Police regarding this finding and the fact that they may be dealing with the same killer. Mm-hmm. An autopsy discovered that all nine Covina victims had been shot at least once by a nine millimeter handgun, which I will just add. Um, a little conflicting since it is believed that um, Michael, the grandson, had actually been upstairs when the shooter came in and died from the explosion alone, that he wasn't shot. So I've heard some conflicting information. I think most of them were shot, um, Michael, and maybe one more or not. Like people that maybe have, that came across this person's path. Or like yes. majority. Yeah. Even. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, yeah. Just how they presented it in the episode. That's how it came across to me. Mm-hmm. But I'll just add that that might not have been the case for Michael. Anyways, um, police were first suspicious of Pat Bauer, the Ortega's neighbor who made it a tradition to stop by their annual Christmas party dressed as Santa Claus as a fun surprise for the kids. He, which I understand. Yeah. yeah. He was tracked down and pretty quickly ruled out. Turns out he had moved away a few years ago and had been at his home on the night of the murders. But it's still... Uh, just crazy because the shooter they were looking for had to have known that Santa would show up to the Christmas party and around what time like Bauer usually did and that someone dressed as Santa knocking on their front door wouldn't raise any red flags. I was going to say, can anyone corroborate that he was at home on Christmas? Likely story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also it just shows how much trust, like even like if I recall you correctly, like it was like the neighbor would do it. So like maybe it wasn't like a tradition, but you know, you could expect it. But mm-hmm. they had so much trust in this situation that they allowed the eight-year-old girl to go answer the door. Like, no big deal. Like, well, yeah, you. I don't like, know. There's twenty. I, like, you just like that's just crazy though. Like, there's twenty-five people there. Yeah, sure, go open the door and then fucking massacre, dude. Ugh. Well, because at worst you're expecting a caroler. Like, yeah. Where's my yeah. eggs? Move yeah. on. Like, I'm just kidding. What? <laughs> don't it's, egg the carols. No. Okay, like, oh, no, 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 no. no. I'm just being a dick, but yeah. (laughs) Oh man. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Rough, rough, rough. Um, Letitia Ortega told police she had seen through the shooter's disguise and identified him as her sister's ex-husband, Bruce Pardo. This was hard for police to believe since Bruce had a clean record, had a college education, and just didn't fit the profile of someone who would snap. His car keys were found in Brad's home and officers were tasked to walk around the block, you know, and hit the clicker until they found his car. According to Wikipedia, the keys unlocked a blue Dodge Caliber (gasps) parked one block away. And inside the car was a Santa suit and thousands of rounds of ammunition. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Bum, bum, bum. And wait, there's more. (laughs) When officers attempted to remove the suit, the car exploded. What? Yeah, it was booby-trapped. So there was like a flare on it, and one of them, one of the officers took it out, and it just caused a huge explosion. Were they okay? Yes. So thankfully, no one at the scene was injured, but the evidence in the car was lost. (gasps) Yeah, it was huge. An autopsy report on Bruce did come back, and investigators were convinced that Bruce was the shooter um, they had been looking for after um, they had looked it over, because his hands and clothing had powder burns and gunpowder residue on them, suggesting that he had fired weapons. He had also suffered from horrific third-degree burns on his hands and arms. About 40% of his left arm had third-degree burns, and the Santa pants he was wearing had melted to his body. Oh, God. Mm Mm-hmm. The medical examiner determined that there had not been a second shooter and that Bruce had died by suicide. Police. Wait, there's more. (laughs) Police were also alerted to a report um, of a Pasadena man um, who. Let me start that over. That's the gift that keeps on giving, Clark. There's more. There's more. 
Police were also alerted to a report a Pasadena man made regarding a mysterious car parked in front of his home. When they ran the plates, officers discovered that the car was a rental, but Bruce had doctored the registration to make it appear like he owned it. The inside of the car had been packed with clothes, water, food, a computer tower, and maps of the Southwest United States and Mexico. It was also parked 500 feet from Sylvia's divorce attorney, Scott Nord's home, and they wondered if he planned on murdering him as well before fleeing the country. Oh. Mm-hmm. He is a deep, dark man. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Hey, you got some sh- Mm-hmm. Never get married. Never get divorced. <laughs> Have some friends. Actually, don't. Just stay home. Just stay home. <laughs> Never leave. No. Nord told investigators that Bruce's tax returns turned out to be the final straw in their marriage. Um, so Sylvia received mail regarding a tax write-off for Bruce's child, which shocked her since he had never mentioned the fact that he had had a kid. Oh, so, that may. Yeah, that <laughs> that could cause some issues. I don't know why. Three years before he met Sylvia, Bruce was living with his then-girlfriend Elena and their son Matthew. In January 2001, when Matthew was, um, I believe, 13 months old, Elena left to get some groceries, and Bruce stayed at home to watch over their son. When Elena returned, she found Bruce sitting in front of the TV, but there was no sign of Matthew. (gasps) She searched the entire house and um, discovered him outside in the pool. And I have heard different accounts i'm really not sure what like which account is right or on i have heard an account where like bruce was the one to discover matthew and then elena found him like holding like matthew outside of the pool like he had gotten him out so i'm not sure which is which but matthew was in the pool um for a while he did survive but since he was without oxygen um for you know a long enough amount of time it did cause lasting brain damage and he was wheelchair bound for the rest of his life oh And apparently Bruce didn't take that well, and he just up and left. And Elena never saw or heard from Bruce um, after that. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. Okay. Dick. Yeah. They, uh, in the episode, they just mentioned that there just apparently was just no attachment there. Like the fact that he could just up and leave and be done with it. Let me handicap your child and then bounce. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Is he a psychopath? I don't know. He's got some kind of like anti- an FBI, I, I can't remember which one of the articles mentioned it, but an FBI profiler said he was like narcissistic and other things, but I didn't see the word psychopath pop up. But I mean, Doing he's got a lot of. Mm-hmm. Sucks. Yeah, he's, he's a, a psychopath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this. That was a bad pun. Take a drink. <laughs> Are we not all drinking? Mm-hmm. I'm done. <laughs> uh, what's up, Mrs. Claus? Hey. I meant I finished my Baileys. <laughs> she finished her appetizer drink. Yeah. We're on to the main course. <laughs> this is Klaus. I <laughs> a Klaus, a Klaus. Mm-hmm. Santa Klaus, Klaus. The Santa Klaus, Klaus. I'm done. Oh, Aaron, let's go back. Oh, let's. This confession ultimately led to... Um, Sylvia's decision to take her kids to her sister's house and um, start the divorce process. A reporter told Oxygen, quote, this divorce shattered Bruce Pardo. It became his obsession and Bruce began to plot ways to get back at Sylvia. I think that he decided that he wasn't just going to kill her, but he was going to kill everything that she loved and take it, wipe it off the face of the earth. End quote. Mm. Yeah. We are sorry. (laughs) (laughs) In order to get a better idea of Bruce's plan and the days leading up to the murders, a team was dispatched to search his home. His house had been decked out in Christmas lights, which one of his neighbors said was odd since he put them up like immediately after Halloween and he had never done that before. Oh, he was planning. Mm-hmm. That's what gets him festive? Gets him in the mood. Ew. I know. I'm sorry. I take that back. Please burp, burp, burp. Nope. Don't uh, say it. Another neighbor, um, Bong Garcia, told police he had last seen um, Bruce between 9 and 10 p.m. on Christmas Eve, leaving for a party wearing, like, regular clothes. So they go inside. The Santa suit was in the car. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
they go, um, investigators go inside the home and they found several boxes for guns and ammunition, black powder, bomb making material, and um, apparently wrapping paper, which matched the wrapping paper found at the crime scene. They also took his computer and discovered notes he had left around his house. So like you had mentioned, Morgan, it did appear that Bruce had likely been planning um, this for weeks, maybe even months. Um, and when they looked in the backyard, they found a small workshop with a workbench um, and it contained like valves and cut hoses sitting on top of it. And this is likely where he had made the device that set the Ortega's home on fire. So they now had enough evidence to come up with a possible timeline. So here is what they have laid out. They theorized Bruce drove the rental car and parked it outside of the divorce attorney's home at some point that day. He then left his place around 1045 that night wearing the Santa suit. When he got to, or putting on the Santa suit in his car probably. Yeah. When he got to Sylvia's parents' house, he parked in the neighbor's driveway and rolled the gift up to the porch, which contained a two and a half foot tall fuel tank. When he made his way inside, he shot Katrina in the cheek and a 16-year-old girl in the back who both survived their wounds. He then shot and killed James and Charles Ortega in the entryway gunned down Sylvia, Joseph, and uh, Elisa Ortega execution style. And then he turned towards the poker table where he shot and killed um, Sylvia's sister, Elisa, James's wife, Teresa, and Charles's wife, um, Cherry. When Bruce ran out of ammo, he returned to the porch to grab the fuel tank he had made. Um, so it was like two canisters. One was filled with pressurized oxygen and the other with high octane fuel that had like a spray ho- uh, nozzle and a hose attached. Mm-hmm. And according to oxygen, it essentially acted as a homemade flamethrower. That's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Normally I would say cool. Not cool. No, not, not in this case. Can you case. just see the normal kind of tool that just doesn't pay your alimony? Yeah. Was that never an option? Because that would right. have sucked for her as well. So mm-hmm. you could have got her. Could have gotten her a lot, like, longer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Idiot. Yeah. Inside the Santa suit, Bruce had, um, like, road flares with him, which police believed he was going to use after spraying the home with the accelerant. However, what Bruce didn't realize was that there was an open flame in the house, which it's the holiday season, so all the bath and body candles have to be lit at that point. So Tis I don't the season. It's lit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, so he sprays it, and this reaction caused a flash fire that he was unable to escape from. He rushed out of the house and fled the scene in his car. Instead of driving to his rental car, he drove the 50 miles to his brother's house. um, And they believe that instead of continuing his murder spree and, you know, killing the divorce attorney, he just shot himself when he couldn't take the pain of the burns any longer. I was going to say, didn't didn't you say the pants like melted to him? Yeah. I can't believe he made it 50 miles. I know, like like driving. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm glad he hurt for I an mean, hour. Mm-hmm. you fucking deserve it. But like, I'm putting it in my shoes and I'm like, yeesh. Yeah, no. No, thank you. God. Mm-hmm. Barf. 13 sons and daughters lost at least one parent that night and one nephew became guardian to his three younger siblings. Ugh. The Covina community was um, obviously shocked by the murders and the fact that Bruce was the killer. When told about the mass murder by a reporter, um, Jan Deanna, the head usher at the church, said, quote, I'm just, this is shocking. He was the nicest guy you can imagine. Always a pleasure to talk to, always a big smile, end quote. Um, Sal Castillo, who was on the Oxygen episode um, and who is Sylvia's son, says one of the biggest regrets um, he has is running away from the shooter rather than fighting back and trying to ambush him. Uh, Leticia, Joseph, and uh, Elisa Ortega's only... Uh, who is their only surviving daughter, has continued her parents' holiday traditions. According to CBS Los Angeles, the remaining Ortegas meet to have dinner, exchange gifts, share memories of their loved ones, and on Christmas Day, they go to church and visit the cemetery. Oh. Mm-hmm. Because he literally ruined Christmas the rest of their lives. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Couldn't you have picked, like, President's Day? Like, not Flag one? day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just chose it because he knew they would all be there. So it's just well, remember crazy. When, I was, um, when we did Family Annihilators, they said some of them, they will pick days that are important to a family or to a person, like on purpose, just for the extra, like, He probably you. did, yeah. 
He fits right in there. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking when I was researching this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Letitia told Oprah in 2016, quote, I can't do anything to change what happened. I can only focus on the future. This is what he's done. Enough. I'm not going to allow you to continue to consume us with your evilness. You don't want that anger to live within you day to day and grow, just like it did with this monster. End quote. And I'll end also with a different quote that one of Bruce's neighbors, um, whose name I swore I wrote down, but I can't seem to find it, so I apologize. Um, He was interviewed on the Oxygen episode I watched, um, and it just really stuck with me. He said, quote, I still wonder if the suit hadn't lit how the story would have ended. It may have been a much different ending. End quote. Mm. And that is the story of the Covina Massacre. As we say every week, thanks. <laughs> yeah. See? Happy holidays. Oh. It's probably a good thing I went first. <laughs> it's the holiday season. <laughs> so let's take a drink. I'm moving the ship. <laughs> Woo! Not a drink. How about a chug after that one? Mm-hmm. That's just so sad. Chug a lug, chug a lug. There are a lot more Christmas murders, too, than I thought of. I was like, this is, when I looked it up, don't look it up if you don't want to be sad. (laughs) Look it up in, like, July. (laughs) I think I'm good. You're totally good. Do you have a better uplifting story for us, maybe? You know what's weird? I also covered the Kavina Massacre. So we have to listen to it again? Yeah. Oh. (laughs) This got my spin on it. But before I start, Aaron, Morgan, Mm -hmm. will you indulge me? Yeah. (laughs) Sure. Maybe. Wait, are you being serious? Did you really cover that? We'll find out. What is the reason for your season? Wait, what? Is this a good question? <laughs> I don't know. Guys, I just started being able to drink again, so I took these notes a little not sober. I don't know, but you're standing up, so now I want to stand up. <laughs> oh, there's just no foot thing over here, and I like, I noticed I like to get Move. jazzy. Yeah. Okay, what is the, what's happening? What am I, what's my reason for my season? What's the reason for your season? Like, what seasoning season? do I like? For the Christmas season. Oh. What are we celebrating? I was going to say Flag garlic. Day. I was going to say garlic salt. <laughs> <laughs> That's my answer. No, Morgan, you were saying what I was thinking. Garlic salt. <laughs> Season. Seasoning. <laughs> I don't know. All right. The reason for my season is. No, garlic salt's your answer. No, okay. I'm never not changing it. Aaron. Aaron. Aaron? Reason, I don't know, spending time with family, friends, relaxing. No, you scoundrels. Oh, <laughs> I knew we were going to be wrong anyway. Yeah. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Who <laughs> <laughs> would have known? Uh, I'd like to stick with my answer of a garlic salt. Garlic salt. <laughs> family. I'm glad. I was actually kind of scared. One of you guys would be like, "Do you mean Jesus?" It's Jesus. Oh, thanks. But also me. So hear me out. Okay. On vacation, I had a lot of time to think. I just got back from Dominican Republic for oh, a yeah. week. Sorry, I forgot to say that. She's very tan, very blonde, looking very tropical. Mm-hmm. Draw. And it looked beautiful. So I was very yeah. jealous. It was gorgeous. But I had some epiphanies. Okay. Let me finish before you start judging me. But I think I am Jesus. Oh, yes. I'm going with it. So I'm great. And I had these things. I was like, we are literally saving people's souls through this podcast. And we're, I just, I feel so personally connected. And I don't know. I just, I feel like God is like my actual dad. Like, not my dad, but like my dad. Like, (laughs) I think I'm Jesus. Okay. Do you hear it? Yeah. Do I hear you or do I feel it? Do you feel it? I don't feel it, Mr. Krabs. (laughs) I don't feel it. Good, because what I'm exhibiting is called the Messiah Complex. <laughs> My first trial was, okay, so I practiced on um, on Clavin earlier, but it was like a big diatribe thing. Yes. I was like, just think about it. Think of all the people in the world that I could be touching all the time. I have ideas. I'm just I'm just full of ideas that can help humanity. And he's like, I don't know if you're joking anymore. So I, I mean, I was, I was like, me. I think I was like looking at Aaron, like side eye, like, bro, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> I practiced in the mirror a little bit. Okay. At, the Academy Award goes to uh, yeah. Sarah this mm-hmm. episode, at least. <laughs> Thank you. So no, Messiah Complex. It is a state of mind that some have, um, that someone holds. <laughs> it is a state of mind in which an individual holds a belief that they are destined to become a savior of humanity, either now or in the future. 
Hmm. So much like I, along with you two saints, there's this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Gotta have disciples. Um, I'm done, I promise. So the Messiah complex can also refer to a person that thinks they are responsible for saving or assisting others. It doesn't have to be their souls. But normally it is. Mm -hmm. Getting up on that high horse. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So it is important to note this complex is not recorded in the DSM which is our Diagnostical and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Beep, boop, bop, boop, bop. My mm. gift to you both is not making you guess that. Thank you. I think I do it almost every time. So <laughs> so it's not in the DSM, meaning it is not a clinical term and it's not diagnosable. It oh. is, yes, it is recognized in helping describe someone's symptoms, hmm. but it's not like you're going to walk out of an office and have a script that says Messiah Complex. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Take one tablet to reduce. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but a complex by definition... This is kind of boring, I'm sorry, but it's a core of pattern, a core pattern of emotions, memories, perceptions, and wishes in the personal unconscious. Oh, yeah. So oh, it's, yeah, hiccups. Oh, I thought you were like, oh, God. <laughs> no, no, I try not to be. Taking so, it all in. So it's more of like your views on yourself. And it also closely resembles delusions of grandeur, which is where a person, you guessed it, believes they are grand. So they're more important than they actually are. They may think they have supernatural abilities or be a celebrity. Um, They may think they have like impressive powers when in reality, they most likely do not. They are essentially someone thinking they are very, very important, but we can't all be VIPs. Yeah, that's right. We can't all be VIPs. Some of us can be. Mm Mm-hmm. My tan is a heavenly glow. I was talking about Aaron. Say? I was oh, talking thanks. about Aaron. Your words can't cut down <laughs> <laughs> me and my prime. <laughs> the blonde hair is getting to her. Yep. Is it glowing? Would you say? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A red glow of, of fear <laughs> of hell. I am turning a little red because if God is really going to smite me down sometimes. Okay. Um, it is also considered a form of religious delusion. For obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. A religious delusion is anything where someone has strong fixed ideals, usually religious in nature, that are so intense they cause this person distress. Mm. So in a messiah complex, you kind of see both of them to come together, the religious delusion and the delusion of grandeur. These individuals have the attitude that they are they have to save another person or group of people. And because they usually think they are hot shit. It inflates their sense of self-worth for sure. They also may discount talents and skills of other people because, after all, we are of higher importance. Like you said, we. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Very subtle. Oh, Sarah, you mean. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. You're in for a ride. <laughs> I'm, I'm, this, this was not what I was expecting. No. So She's like, oh, yeah, I did the same thing. And I was like, damn, that never happens. Like, we never accidentally do the same oh, topic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, with that in mind, I have two juicy cases for you. They're pretty short. Um, the first one is of Daniel Rakowitz, born in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. Hey. Whoa, what? But then his family moved to Texas, and then he moved to New York. But hey, Missouri. Hey. <laughs> Starting life out the it's best like, way. It's like whenever you're watching something, like a show, and you're like, hey, the arch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey. And what was you it? You give it like was, a little cheer. It was that Amy Adams movie, or no, TV show. She was, it was like Sharp Edges or Sharp Objects. She oh. starts off in St. Louis. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then nothing else happens in St. Louis. No. <laughs> okay, so in the late 1980s, he was a well-known character in his town. According to MatthewNewton.us, they described him as an eccentric. He was well known as a marijuana dealer. Whoa, what year was this? 1980. Woo! Hey. Living large. Yeah. And for the pet rooster that he often had accompany him around town. All right, this is sounding more and more like my kind of bloke. I'm just, I'm just saying it right now. You don't want it. You don't want this. It's not going to go well. I take it back. All right. Mm-mm, it's Christmas. You get what you get. He also started his own religion. That's right, ladies. 
there's potential in every man to get his shit together. <laughs> Was it that everyone needed a good cock? Oh. Oh. All right, I'm taking a drink. I'm so mm-hmm. sorry. I'm so sorry. You're gonna get cocking too. Mm. Um, no. So he goes. He starts his own religion, and it's not a nice one. Um, why would it be? It was the Church of Nine Six Six. I don't know what the numbers stand for, but I don't think it's nice. Um, their article I read kind of paints it as devil worship, but it was like the Satanic Panic time. And to put it simply, it was yeah. not a fun. Fun place to be. It was dark magic, sacrifice, and cannibalism type of religion. Woo! Mm. You know. I am backing way the hell up. <laughs> wee woo, wee woo. <laughs> no. Some dark magic I can tolerate. I can, we'll do whatever. I'll cast a spell back on you, but no, no, no. You ain't getting my liver, son. No. <laughs> Apparently it started. As animal sacrifice, but then oh. Daniel accidentally <laughs> killed his girlfriend in a ritualistic beating, as you do. Oh my god! No, it's 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 messed up. So then he does the only logical thing. He uh, <clears throat> no. Am I like need to plug in like la 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 la? No, I'm just trying to see where I. This is a graphic content where I put it later, but it needs to be now. Graphic content. He <laughs> killed her and then boiled her head. Oh my god. <laughs> And then he later confessed, yet again, this is pretty graphic, because he said it, quote, made soup out of her brains. It tasted pretty good. Oh, no. Sorry, everyone. Mm -hmm. Not thinking anything was wrong, because, you know, he is quite important as the head of the church of 966. Um, He wrote all over the walls of his apartment, quote, is it soup yet? Welcome to Charlie Gein's Ranch East, home to fine young cannibals. Oh. Again. Even though this was, quote, an accident. The the murder was an accident. The cannibalism was a choice. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I think my sense of humor has gotten dark because I found that a little amusing. It's all terrible. None of it's great. Um, again, seeing nothing wrong with his crimes, he told several people what he did. Oh. Just going around town, me and my rooster, young Jesus myself, um, at least one of them called the cops. Thank God. Mm -hmm. I mean, thank Sarah. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, Or Daniel, I guess. Daniel, again, told them what he did. Wow. Because nothing is wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, And in 1991, Daniel Rakowitz, Rakowitz was found innocent by reason of insanity and he was confined at Kirby Forensic Psychiatric Center on New York City's Ward's Island. He is still there. Mm. But yeah, he admitted he did it. He just didn't see why it was so wrong. Wow. How many people did you, do you happen to know how many people, like followers he had? Or was this all? I don't. I couldn't find anything on the church for some weird reason. I could only find things like on the, him. It, like left a bad taste in people's mouths or something. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Ew. Ew. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ew. 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 The realization. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This hole, I'm going to get a tiny spoonful of hot chocolate. Ugh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. Next, we have the case of Justin Kane Ellard. I thought you were about to say Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> no, Justin Timberlake. We're, t- we're covering the real dick in a box. Oh, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> No, Justin Kane Ellard. So it's 2015. He was in a happy relationship with his girlfriend at the time. Did um, he eat her? <laughs> oh. oh, no. No. Okay. <clears throat> Jaquinta Pompey. They had settled into bed. Ah, oh, isn't this nice? Well, and then Justin Ellard remembered something, as I often do. He was Jesus Christ. Like, oh. Oh my God. And as Jesus Christ, <laughs> he needed human sacrifices to honor his status as Messiah. Obviously. Oh. As you do. That's why I had Aaron mm-hmm. lock the doors behind us when we got in. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Good dog. <laughs> no. Um, so around 12.30 a.m., Miss Jaquinta Pompey is sleeping on her stomach, so her face down. Oh. And then... Um, That's where I sleep. Yeah. Uh, content warning. Give it a second. Okay. And then Ellard um, beats her to death with a hammer. 
So then at 1.12 a.m., 42 minutes later, mind you, he called the cops and said, I've actually uh, just killed my girlfriend. <gasps> there was an autopsy ordered by her family, and they found that, yep, he was telling the truth. There were multiple and extensive lacerations to the back of Jaquinta's head and neck. All throughout Justin's trial, he argued that he had to sacrifice her. It was his duty as a messiah. He was schizophrenic, which is one of the rare times that you would ever expect to see this messiah complex. However, he, well, sorry, it was argued that he was only mildly schizophrenic. Okay. Yeah. It, but he was found not guilty by reason of insanity and is currently housed in a psychiatric facility. Wow. Yes. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Sucks to be a girlfriend right now. Yeah. Yeah, think twice, ladies. <laughs> I'm just so blown away by the story. I was like, mine's real bad. And then <laughs> <laughs> blow me out of the water here. Merry <laughs> Christmas. Yeah. Woo! We thought you guys might want some more fun material to talk about with your families. Yeah. <laughs> well, here it is. Sorry about that. Mm. Um, I do want to make a point. Not only is the Messiah complex extremely rare, you would only really see it in patients that are already suffering with bipolar disorder or schizophrenia. So it's really, oh. yeah, it's not probable that I would have actually gone away for a week and come to the conclusion that I'm Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. But, but anything is possible. I'm, literally, it's never impossible. I'll never tell. XOXO, <laughs> gossip girl. Oh <laughs> That's it. That's all I had. That's how I want to end it. Wow. Wow. Merry that Christmas. was crazy. Little uh, little ride down some slopes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was just great. Wow. <laughs> so were any of us wanting to go to sleep tonight? Yeah. I, <laughs> no. I guess no. <laughs> no. I I won't be sleeping on my stomach tonight. That's for damn sure. <laughs> well, he wasn't even one of the only cases. There's quite a few. I was very shocked that both of those were so like quote unquote recent. Two thousands. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Well, that one was nineteen eighty, but still, yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not new. It's been around for a long time. Someone tried to argue people in the Bible had Messiah complexes, but we're not going there. No. We're this, this isn't that kind of show. <laughs> believe what you want to believe. Yeah. But um, don't believe that I'm God. <laughs> I do believe we're fantastic. Um, send us some stuff. It's Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Make our Christmas dream come true. Send us your topic ideas, stories, whatever you've got. Send us your sunrise at gmail.com. Yeah. It's the best Christmas gift you can give us. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And if you pick the stories, they may be less gruesome or more, depending on what you fancy. Let us know what you like. We are the gift that keeps on giving <laughs> to you. Yeah. <laughs> Morgan, what you got? Uh, don't think mine's much better, but uh, today I'm bringing you Krampus. Hey. Hey. Uh, I obviously like kind of knew what Krampus was because there's a movie that came out a couple years ago. So I was like, oh, mm -hmm. it's creepy. But before that, I didn't know what Krampus was in one like holiday season my mom just starts calling my dog Krampus and I was like oh my god that's kind of cute like Krampus like it just sounds like a little dirty gremlin like <laughs> so Winnie is also called Krampus especially around the holiday season but like <laughs> after I did the research like Oreo I don't know here we go <laughs> I don't know how much longer she'll be Winnie Krampus so here we go <laughs> so Krampus uh it is believed to have been started in Germany, um, coming from the German word Krampen, which means claw. I was like, are you Krampen Messiah? That's what I was thinking of, too. <laughs> you think you take a it. drink. Damn it. <laughs> I do like the claw incorporation. No, I, it means claw. And I wish this episode could be sponsored by White Claw, but instead it just sponsors me to keep on living. <laughs> so, open to sponsorships, White Claw. Hey, <laughs> Uh, again, Krampen means claw, and I found that on Britannica.com, and Osara oh. has mentioned that website a couple times. Oh. Um, <laughs> so Krampus is, uh, reported as a half man, half goat, Ooh. but resembles something devil-like. So I'm thinking, you know, Chronicles of Narnia, the fawn, but like scary and red. It's kind of what I'm thinking. Okay. devil mm -hmm. you know, spicy. <laughs> Exactly like that. <laughs> exactly like that. Yeah. Make it spicy. Make, but like, turn up the heel. Caliente. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, villains.fandom.com. Uh, this, I was cracking up. So, basically, this website was, 
it kind of it kind of was like Wikipedia, but like almost comical. It showed a picture of Krampus and then like had some facts, like started in Germany this year, like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then it said, it states his occupation, oh. which is boogeyman or Santa Claus's demonic accomplice, <laughs> otherwise known as the anti-Santa, but I wanted to say like anti-Santa, so <laughs> anti-Santa. Oh man, instead of Santa baby, it's Auntie Santa. Creep down my chimney tonight. Mm. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh but he goes above and beyond Boogeyman for me because Krampus's job is basically to torture children. Mm-hmm. And that's better than our stories. <laughs> Listen. I had adults. I had a song. Y'all went for the kids. I had a song <laughs> with mine, okay? Anyway. I had our Lord Savior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Insert eye roll here. <laughs> um, according to history.com, which I found very valid, history.com, National Geographic came up. I was like, yeah, okay, valid. Mm-hmm. Uh, history.com states, while St. Nick and Krampus have their origins in pagan celebrations, they made their way into cr- Christian traditions. So, again, it kind of talks about, like, the anti-Santi, all that jazz. But my question for you all is, did you guys ever celebrate St. Nick or St. Nicholas's Day? Yes. No. Okay, Aaron, what did you do? Was it, wait, what? <laughs> Maybe I didn't. <laughs> was yeah, it, Aaron, well, what did you do? Well, for St. Nick's, I can't remember what day it is. That's okay. I'm so old. What'd you do? But like, we would, like, there would be like stuff in our stockings that we would open up. Okay. On that day. Sure, you didn't do St. Nick's Day. No, but is that Christmas? No. It's okay. different. Oh. No, no, <laughs> I know it's different, like, but I couldn't know. No, I'm, I'm being like, I'm glad we have two different. No, but I think my friend Dana, her family did, I think. Because there was a day her mom would put, like, fake boot, boot prints throughout the house. Like, someone had come and done stuff to her house. Mm-hmm. Not, like, robbed it, but, like, put gifts out or something. Yeah. And everybody's uh, like, God, yeah. mom, why we are didn't, you cool? Yeah, we didn't go that in depth. I think it was literally like, oh, see what's in your stocking. Okay, see you later. Bye. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Time to go to school. <laughs> we did it, too, uh, for a couple couple years. It wasn't, like, a huge deal in my family. But the I'll, I'll read you a little bit about the tradition because that kind of coincides with Mr. Krampus. Okay. Mm. Um, so St. Nick tradition does vary across countries and families, um, but it is on December 5th or 6th, uh, depending upon the year. Um, and kids will leave their shoes or boots out, um, and it is hoping that they'll be filled with gifts or treats from St. Nick. So, like, the typical uh, St. Nick is just more, like, candy and, like, like Aaron said, like, stocking kind of presents. Okay. Yeah, small the, things. Like, a huge thing that I read about and that my family did was they do the chocolate oranges. That's a huge thing to give out on St. Nick's. Why are you making that face, Sarah? Do you guys like chocolate oranges? Yeah. I'm not a fan you, of oranges. The thing where you whack it? What? Whack it? Oh, my God. It's Okay, so it's like a circle... And you guys don't know the chocolate orange story? Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're taking a Tell pause. us more. Okay, I don't know so what this the is. whole story is that there is a chocolate orange. Okay, so it's like a, like a circle and it's all it's like tight as a like a little ball, but if you whack it on the counter, it separates into okay. like orange slices. But mm-hmm. it's all chocolate with like a hint of orange. So it's very good. But the story with it is is that everybody got a chocolate orange in like an orphanage except for one kid. And he was so uh, sad, so they all took a slice of their orange and gave him one, so they, he had a whole orange. Oh, that's Aww. sweet. Yeah. So, anyway, but that's, like, a St. Nick thing along with, like, small treats and candy. So, um, and from past traditions, apparently bad kids get a stick. Thank God I didn't get one, um, but it was, like, stick or coal, but mostly a stick. So, it's, like, leave your boot out. If you got a little twig in there, then you bet. Which one would you rather get? <laughs> you want the naughty list? <laughs> Right. I take the chocolate orange. Thank you very much. I'll take the stick. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of craft projects I can do with oh that. Um, but it does go even further with these, quote, bad kids. I do not use the word, the N-word, naughty, with children. I think that is creepy. So I'm going to refer to them as bad kids. <laughs> You're so naughty. I don't like that. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, well, that voice. in my head. Okay, anyway. These bad kids, when it comes to Krampus, it's a lot worse. Um... Some say Krampus travels with Saint, with Saint Nicholas, leaving coal for the bad kids, or kidnapping them. Krampus is said to quote 
put the children into a sack and take them back to his lair and devour them, or he will simply just take them to the underworld. Thanks to villains.fandom.com for that quote. Just whatever he fancies that day. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he's just vibing, like whatever. Yeah. He must be a manager. He's got all the authority. All the authority. Yeah. Says where no. it goes, mm-hmm. when. Neither options are great, so. <laughs> yes. No. Um, and this is what I, I, it didn't like say that these two things correlated, but it said his main discipline tool was birch sticks. So I don't know if that was like St. Nick's warning, like, yo, you about to get beat, but oh. like get the stick in the boot. But yeah, apparently he would, Krampus would use this to swat the children. So hmm. it's like when you go pick a switch off the back tree. Yeah. Is anyone else really thankful we're alive in this era? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the lore of Krampus has evolved over time to include Krampuslauf, Krampuslauf, oh. or Krampus Run in English. Sorry, okay. everyone. Please don't make fun of me. Please uh, do. <laughs> I think Krampuslauf. Yeah, that sounds fine. Yeah, okay. Uh, this became the most most popular in the 20th century and, quote, involves alcohol, people dressed as the creature that parade through the streets, scaring spectators and chasing them. Sounds like my kind of place. I, <laughs> I would run for that. Yes, okay. I would. Thank you, history.com. Yes. Uh, in the 1890s, uh, there was, this is kind of when the postcard industry boomed. So hmm. again, we're taking it back. <gasps> So 20th century, it's kind of a party. 1890s. Again, postcards popping. (sighs) People were sending, quote, Krampus cards. That's what I was about to ask. (laughs) Are you bringing it back? Krampus cards. Do we get Krampus cards? No, 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 no. These were not holly or jolly, but pictures of Krampus... Trigger warning, fast forward if you want to. Stuffing a distressed child into a satchel or preparing to hit one with a bundle of birch sticks. <laughs> who? <laughs> Sorry, who it's not part of these. <laughs> sent to. I don't like. Who? These were dark <laughs> times and dark ages. Uh, some of the cards were more adult. Uh, um, what do you mean, Morgan? So, like. Oh, God. The way they described it, like, I wasn't feeling the kind of, like, vibe they were trying to put out, but then I was like, oh, after they described it a little bit, so. Do we not like some 70s it's music? Still, it's still, it's still involved kids. Oh, but no. take my music back. It was like, they were, like, in the background, and it showed Krampus slung over a very large woman's shoulder being like carried around like a sack of potatoes and just like a woman was like lusting over Krampus. What? What? Yeah. That's what? so weird. They just said there was some more quote adult Krampus cards that were in existence. Wow. I know they say Christmas is more commercialized now, but can we maybe agree <laughs> it's for the best? Yeah. Listen. <laughs> Listen. So in 2004, Monty Bochamp, Bochamp, <laughs> Sorry, it's, I don't know. Sorry, ma'am, sir. Published uh, a book of these Krampus cards, and that is the only reason that people, like, even really know of their existence today or, like, oh, wow. have, like, seen them in our century. Um, so thank oh, you for that, that 2004 book. And then to top it off, like I mentioned at the top of the episode or the top of my segment, there is a 2015 film uh, called Krampus, Apparently there are, are others, but they're more like making fun of Krampus. And this one is more like an actual scary movie involving oh, Krampus. Okay. So, uh, believe what you want. Um, <laughs> and if you'd like to travel and go celebrate Krampus in the streets with some alcoholic beverages and being chased around like it's Halloween, <laughs> then Merry Chrysler to you! <laughs> <laughs> we should make an ad for like, Krampus Law is calling, and I must go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shoes and boots. <laughs> Ooh, I just spat my white cloud a little bit. Whoop. But yeah, so when I say there's no laws with the claws, I'm not referring to Krampus, okay? It sounds like he didn't have any laws either, though. So. Yeah, he had none. He had negative laws. He was about his own laws. Yeah. Wow. 
So with that, I think that's our Christmas episode. Right? Yeah. yeah. Our first Christmas episode. Yeah. Happy holidays. Guys, can you believe we're coming up on a year? Coming up, yeah. Wait, I'm going to do a Sarah. <laughs> 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 hey. That's the Sarah sound when she cries. Anyway, I've been practicing. Okay, anyways. We're not going to cry because it's not there yet, but... Um, we hope all of our listeners have a happy holiday season with whatever you celebrate or do not take some time to relax for yourself. Mm-hmm. 2020 is coming to a close. Thank Hallelujah. Goodness. Thank God. So, Thanks, Sarah. Thank <laughs> um, I'll think about it. I think we're going to film us opening our Christmas presents to each other. So if you'd like to check that out, we'll post it somewhere. Yeah. You'll find it. Mm-hmm. It'll be posts on the things. Yeah. Somewhere. Facebook. You should go follow us. Yes. Sinister Sunrise Podcast. You'll see our lovely logo. Uh, Instagram, Sinister Sunrise Podcast. And as mentioned earlier, if you'd like to send us a topic idea or suggestions or corrections, Mm -hmm. we're here to listen. Sinister Sunrise Podcast at gmail.com. And again, if you could just make our holiday season the cheeriest and brightest <laughs> if you could leave us a rating and review yes. on itunes mm-hmm. uh, it just helps us stay relevant and also we love reading your kind words they're so nice yeah, yeah. it'd be the best christmas gift so yes. thank you thank you um you can also review on facebook which helps all of our people who follow us and people who want to follow us read up on us um with that ladies anything else i was trying to think of a good jingle for like the best way to spread christmas cheer is reviewing us loud for all Seer. <laughs> Cut that if you must. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, from the three of us here at Sinister Sunrise, happy holidays. Thanks for listening. We love y'all. Good night. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>